This is the Commuter Pulse podcast, a podcast for students who live off campus at the University of Illinois at Chicago. Here, we will share key stories, resources, and useful tips for students making a daily commute to campus. We will be airing a new episode every week during the fall and spring semesters with topics ranging from dealing with stress to taking a guided tour of Student Center East. We hope you enjoy and tune in next week. If you're a student and would also like to be part of the Commuter Pulse podcast team, you can learn how to record, host, and edit audio by contacting Christina Garcia at kgarcia4 at uic.edu. Thank you for listening to the Commuter Pulse podcast. My name is Yasmin Leva. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And here at the Commuter Student Resource Center, we strive to create a welcoming and accepting environment. And part of that includes respecting everyone around us. A simple way to respect someone is by asking what their pronouns are and being sure you are using the right pronouns for every person you meet. Using and asking for pronouns is a small way to show someone that you see and respect them and their gender identity. Pronouns may seem like a very small thing, but today we will go in depth as to why pronouns matter, how to ensure we are using them correctly, and what to do if we aren't sure of someone's pronouns or if we mess them up. Joining us today, we have Moises from the Gender and Sexuality Center. Welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. (laughs) Thank you for being here. All right. So first, let's start with an introduction of the Gender Sexuality Center and the services offered. Sure. Well, thank you so much for being here at the Gender and Sexuality Center. I'll start off by introducing myself. My name is Moises Villada. My pronouns are he, him, and his, and I am the Associate Director at the Gender and Sexuality Center. And I'm a Leo, just FYI. (laughs) So the Gender and Sexuality Center was actually founded in 1995, so we are actually embarking on our 25th anniversary. And we're one of the seven cultural centers under the Office of Diversity. And we are located in the Behavioral Sciences Building. We have two main public spaces, which include the Community Lounge, which is room 181 in BSB. Then we have the Flex Space, which is a community space that is a gallery, a meeting space, a program space. And that's room 183 BSB. We also do have administrative offices where the director and myself are. And so those are all spaces that folks can access to connect with us. We do a lot of things. Um, As the entity that does specific work around communities that identify as lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, questioning, intersex, ally plus, LGBTQAA plus, we are um, charged with doing many things. We do cultural programming that reflects the various identities around sexuality and gender. We also do professional development for the campus. So we provide workshops on how to be an ally specifically through the Navigating Allyship Program. We also collaborate with different departments and units on campus that celebrate our multiple identities. We work in the community as well. We also provide a lot of support, Mm -hmm. both for students, faculty, and staff who may identify as LGBTQ and or who may have relatives, siblings, family members who are LGBTQ, and that will manifest in different ways. So connecting folks to resources on campus, connecting and making referrals outside of the campus, um, and always a research in general. So mm-hmm. we do a lot of things. And so that kind of, those are some major highlights of the work mm-hmm. that we do. We also do, um, one important thing that we do is also we try to be um, as visible and 
present in different committees that are charged with making policy changes that are also inclusive of gender identity and sexual orientation. Mm. Policy changes. So, like, what's a one that sticks out, or what's your like greatest policy change? Yeah, we've had many different policy changes throughout the years. Um, I think we are constantly thinking about how we are um, being mindful of all gender restrooms, mm-hmm. how we are creating um, infrastructure that is inclusive of including preferred names, of capturing data. Um, in general, what does it mean to have an inclusive campus, right? And so mm-hmm. um, in the past, we were also helpful in supporting the students um, when they created the initiative to have um, trans health care be more inclusive that includes surgeries. Um, so I think it, it'll vary. Mm-hmm. I think for us it's really important to think about the issues that are happening that include our students being um, homeless or experiencing housing instability, thinking about mental health resources for students and helping them navigate that. So it just, it'll vary, um, mm-hmm. but I think for us it's really important to be visible and to be uh, a resource of support in anything that is related to sexuality or gender identity um, within the university. Nice, that's awesome. Very revolutionary. Um, so we're going to start talking about pronouns. So you said your pronouns are he, him, his. My pronouns are she, her, hers. Would you care to share more about your pronouns? Sure. So I think that, um, you know, pronouns, it's, a, it's kind of a an important topic right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even just recently, right, the, um, the um, dictionary um, made they as like the, the word of the year. Nice. You know? Um, and so the APA also has embraced they as a singular pronoun. So it's in the news, right? It's yeah. in the news. And as far as pronouns, you know, we work with folks who have many different identities. Mm-hmm. And pronouns are an important piece of acknowledging and celebrating mm-hmm. those identities. Um, for me, I use he, him, and his um, so that people don't make assumptions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the key things for pronouns is that we have we may there may be folks that we work with that we care about that don't use the gendered um, pronouns of he him and his or she her mm-hmm. hers. Um, their gender identities or expressions might expand that mm-hmm. binary that gender binary, and so having additional pronouns um, is a way for them to connect to their identities, but mm-hmm. also. Um, to find a way to acknowledge and respect those identities. So one of the more popular ones, like I said, is kind of the um, gender-neutral single they. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are also many others that, communi- that the com- that communities um, that may identify as transgender, genderqueer, gender nonconforming, non-binary, have used and do use to acknowledge that their um identity is not binary, right? Mm -hmm. And so for me as an educator and as a staff member and also a member of the larger community, it's important for me to mention my pronouns so that I can create space for others who um, may feel marginalized or not included. Mm -hmm. And so as a cisgender person, as someone whose gender identity 
and the gender was assigned aligns, right? Um, I have a responsibility to create space for folks who are not cis, right? Who are transgender, queer, gender nonconforming, non-binary. And so that's one way of creating space um, and uh, awareness because that's the thing around pronouns. When you're able to acknowledge a pronoun, you're able to acknowledge that maybe you have other access and privilege. So other folks who are non-binary may have to navigate the world and there are assumptions made, there are spaces that may not be inclusive or welcoming. But for some of us who are don't have to navigate that, for us to acknowledge mm -hmm. that we have access and privilege is a it's a way for us to be aware and to be more alert and inclusive mm -hmm. when we're navigating the world. Right. And it's such a small like Thing you can add to the end of an introduction that makes a huge change and a huge impact and just like like you said creating a welcoming space yeah and you know it takes time to kind of get mm -hmm. into the practice of doing that and I think that's sometimes what folks are resistant to folks mm -hmm. who are not used to using alternative pronouns or other pronouns they may be resistant um, because it may sound it may sound quote unquote grammatically weird, which mm -hmm. as we know now, right, it's completely grammatically correct. Yeah. Um, but also that it's kind of a quote inconvenient end quote, right? Yeah. And I think when I what I say with any identities, but also specifically around the pronouns, is that anytime you're inconvenienced, you have privilege. And so we have to be able to step out of that space mm -hmm. and mind frame because it really creates not only an inclusive space, but it can create. It doesn't mean it automatically mm -hmm. will. So we want to be very clear, right? Yes. But it can, has the potential um, to create more awareness and inclusivity because um, you are acknowledging all of these systems to some extent, right? Um, and you're providing... An entry, a window for folks to disclose if they choose to, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it, and again, it moves us beyond the binary, right? Mm -hmm. um, but we're not used to that. The general culture is not used to that. Mm -hmm. And shifting, moving beyond what is typical or uh, mainstream is hard for folks, right? At the same time, it's only when we step into that truth mm -hmm. that real, that change happens. Right. Mm -hmm. So just quickly, would you be able to go over like the difference between gender expression, gender identity? Sure. So as we think about pronouns, right? Pronouns are gender gender pronouns, right? Mm -hmm. um, we have we have to think about the conversation around gender, right? And so gender identity is someone's sense of gender, which may which is beyond what we have typically learned gender is, which is a binary, right? So someone's gender identity is someone's sense of gender within themselves, what they think they feel their gender to be. Gender expression is the uh, external characteristics that folks may express um, in thinking about gender. Um, so those can include um, haircut, they can include clothing, they can include mannerisms, any of the external um, indicators that folks communicate gender through. And so 
Sometimes those are linked and aligned. Sometimes they are not, right? So somebody who's, who was assigned a specific gender at birth and whose gender aligns with that, they would be cisgender. Somebody who doesn't have that experience may potentially identify within the umbrella of transgender and or other gender identities that may include genderqueer, gender nonconforming, non-binary, etc. And so gender identity, again, is what someone thinks, believes, feels their gender to be, as opposed to um, the general ideas of gender that are assigned at birth and or linked to um, genitalia, chromosomes, um, the other the other term would be like um, sex, sex assigned at birth, right? So those are all tend to be very binary. Also important to consider that gender is a social construction, and that when we think about gender, we also have to think about it from from multiple angles, from geography, from race, ethnic lens, like all of these pieces, because gender will look differently all over the world, and so. It's, it's a construction. And so gender identity is what someone and how someone expresses their own gender and what they believe their gender to be. Nice. So how has the use of pronouns affected your life? So the use of pronouns has affected my life in a way that I have been much more mindful mm-hmm. about my own access and privilege as a cisgender person. Um, but also a way for me to support students, faculty, and staff. So it has really made me much more conscious about remembering that everyone has multiple identities Mm -hmm. and that everyone's in different places in their lives and that acknowledging someone's pronoun is really important because... When you misgender somebody, when you don't use the gender pronouns that they want to use, you are actually engaging in violence. Why do I say that? Because you're re-traumatizing someone. You're telling them, that's not who you really are. Mm-hmm. That's, I don't believe you. Your truth doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Right? And when you get that on a constant basis, in conjunction with everything else, right? Who may, right? Who someone may experience like gendered restrooms, um, harassment, and violence, right? You you compound that, right? Um, it's a re-traumatization, right? And it's not unless you hear from those narratives, right, from the folks who are experiencing that, that you're able to really begin to understand. Right. Mm-hmm. So this is what I have heard from doing this now here professionally for almost 13 years. Um, not only have I seen the evolution of, of pronouns, for example, but also the have been fortunate enough that folks have shared their stories around um, pronoun use and all of that. Right. And also that for me, I have heard many stories where at least students have been outed by their instructors, right? Uh, because maybe um, the 
faculty member doesn't want to use the preferred name that's listed on there on the roster or if it, if it was even available now there now there is that option um, or the pronouns right and so I think that it's also a way to again be mindful of people's journeys we have mm -hmm. to remember that folks are we are all on an identity development journey and that there are different stages to that and that if we're able to find space for respect it it, it helps in the healing of the trauma that has been already happening right as an example so if a friend or a colleague is not sure about your pronouns would be a, an appropriate way to handle that sure so in thinking about how to um, engage your own pronouns with folks mm -hmm. it's important to consider that it's actually a very simple thing quote unquote simple thing one if you are already aware and acknowledge and want to be part of an inclusive hopefully more inclusive because we, that's not ever guaranteed but if you want to be part of an experience where you want to be more welcoming and inclusive or open then the first encounter is always the entry point so hi i'm so and so my name my pronouns are such and such what's your name what are your pronouns one example um, maybe you forget because you're really excited or you just weren't thinking about it or you're still getting the hang of it maybe you've already introduced yourselves and you've got moved on to other things completely appropriate to say oh by the way i forgot to ask i forgot to give you my pronouns my pronouns are such and such what are yours or if you did and they didn't you can say oh what are your pronouns again so one of the things that i think it's important to remember is that it's always okay to pause mm -hmm. and it's always okay to ask again and it's also okay that sometimes we'll stumble through it in the beginning mm -hmm. right we won't always get everything perfectly. And I think intention is really also important. And I think people understand when you're, when you're, when you're, coming, when you're coming from a place of malice or when you're coming from a place of um, inclusivity, right? So it's important to ask politely. Um, and sometimes, you know, depending on people's comfort, situation, um, context is important, you know, uh, or timing, right? So maybe you do that you know, you maybe you take them to say, like, oh, I forgot to ask you, what are your pronouns, right? If you're in a bigger group, you can just set that standard in the beginning, mm -hmm. right? So that's one thing. The other thing is that people's identities, to my point earlier, um, are constantly evolving. So their identity might shift. Mm -hmm. So even if you think you know, right, maybe you haven't seen them for a while or... Um, you know, maybe they say a different pronoun as they introduce themselves. You can always go back and say... Hi, so and so. Just wanted to check in. Um, can you remind me of your pronouns again? Or did I hear you correctly? Or I didn't understand the pronoun you was. Can you tell me once again? And then you can ask. You know, sometimes they may have different spelling of different pronouns. Mm -hmm. You can always. Oh, how do you spell that again? Okay, great. Etc. Uh, Etc. Et right. Um, so that's one way to kind of begin that conversation. The second thing I always say when I provide workshops is, um, once you ask or provide a pronoun. Now it's the work. You have to use it. Because that's what happens, right? Sometimes we're in spaces or we say the pronoun or pronouns and we default 
to what we assume. So that means you have to pay attention. You must pay attention. If you're going to answer pronouns, you're going to prepare pronouns, it's important for you to pay attention mm-hmm. and then actively use the pronouns. And if you slip for whatever reason, you can just correct yourself. My apologies, I'm into to do you correct you correct yourself or pause. You just say the appropriate pronoun or whatever it is. Um, and you move on. Mm-hmm. Just move on, you know? And um, and that's important. You need to be proactive, right? Mm-hmm. So you're asking for pronouns. Then you have to learn the pronoun and then actively use it. And if you stumble, then you just correct yourself and move on. Mm-hmm. That's just it. Do you have any advice on inclusive languages? Like I know the they them is usually a safe alternative. Yeah, so I think as with any identities and with any person, it's always important to be mindful of what the person mm-hmm. uh, wants, how they want to be identified. Some folks don't use pronouns. Mm-hmm. Some folks don't want to use the gender pronouns or the neutrals or the com- or, or the new ones, right? Or, or the alternative ones that might be out there. Um, they may just use their name. Mm-hmm. The name that they disclose, mm-hmm. they may use an initial, right? So um, let's say someone into, someone's in the space and they say, hello, my name is Michael. I don't use any of the pronouns. Um, and then whatever else they say mm-hmm. in the introduction. So that's it. We're in a group where there's, you know, we're interacting and we're, we're going to say, I liked what Michael said. Michael's point is great, right? So I think that's how you use the, how That's how you would use that in place. Some people use initials mm-hmm. as well. And people will, do, will, will provide different um, ways of addressing them. Um, for various reasons, right? And some of those reasons are private, right? And some of those reasons some folks may be able to disclose. But the point is that it's important to honor and respect where people are are coming from, right? Because everyone's in a different place in time. And the way we would like to be addressed too, right? Like my name is Moises, right? And I don't say Moses. Mm -hmm. Right or Moises or Moises. I mean, I mean, there's just so many variations of it. Right? Mm-hmm. I understand that people might stumble through it. I get it. Right, but right, it's important to honor how people want to be addressed because mm-hmm. that might be linked to many different reasons. Right, and mm-hmm. so, um, and I guess the whole point of this conversation too is that pronouns are just one piece of many layers that are linked to gender identity and expression. Right? So all of us have a gender identity, right? All of us also have a sexual orientation. They're two different things. When we talk about pronouns, it's another way to shift the dynamic and the tone of a space to just think about gender beyond the binary. What does that mean? That means that gender in culture and society is usually deemed as either masculine or feminine. That's it. But we know that gender is a spectrum. And we know that people 
now more so than ever, are really um, exploring, embracing, celebrating, challenging the norms of what it is to be masculine or feminine. And so pronouns are one way of doing that. Um, again, there are many different reasons that people may use pronouns that are not traditionally binary. Um, but that also is a way for folks who are not experiencing that, ex that journey to think about their own way of engaging with gender because sometimes we don't think about it. And it's up to the dominant groups to step into the work um, because folks who are marginalized are already dealing with many, many layers of oppression. And so being proactive about how to acknowledge people is a step closer to um, embracing the, the, this diversity. I love it. Thank you. Any last questions, thoughts, shout-outs? I think that... It's important to continue the conversation. Mm -hmm. I think that practice is important. I think that this is going to continue to evolve. So this is a moment in time. But in five years, 10 years, we're going to have a, probably a completely different understanding of addressing someone, right? And the whole pronoun conversation. Or maybe not. Maybe the conversation will be like, this is just part of the deal and this is not a big deal anymore. That would be ideal, correct? Mm -hmm. But um, I would just say to folks that if you are transgender, genderqueer, gender nonconforming, non-binary plus, we hear you, we see you, we acknowledge you. One. Two, I would invite those who don't identify as such to step into the work, to move beyond the comfort and really get over it, mm -hmm. right? I mean, mm -hmm. that's just the fact, like get over it. Mm -hmm. Like, right, the more we get in, the more you get with the program, right? As, we, as I say, <laughs> um, the more we're really able to continue to grow. That's the whole thing, right? Mm -hmm. Um, literally changing the pronoun is not, for us cisgender folks, it's not going to, you know. Stop, yeah. gonna It's not going to completely ruin our lives. Yeah. Like, it's not even like that, right? Yeah. We don't have to navigate misgendering. We don't have to get re-traumatized. We don't have to be harassed. We don't have, you know, I'm talking about folks who are cisgender, right? Mm -hmm. for, you know, that doesn't mean that you're not harassed for other things, mm -hmm. right? Because we all have multiple identities. But my point here is that it's really just important to be aware of how sometimes we are perpetuating systems of oppression. And um, that's part of it. It's also generational, right? So like we know that um, folks are used to sometimes a way of doing things. But we're in a culture, time, and space where um, people are celebrating, acknowledging, sharing their experiences around the expansive ways to identify within gender. And it's all, all it's up to all of us to really, specifically folks who are cis, to really shift the climate for everyone because everyone gets something out of it, actually. 
we all get liberated when we liberate other people. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Thank you. It's beautiful. Thank you again for being here. The Gender and Sexuality Center, again, is in PSP. You can find Moises there. Yes, and stop by, say hello during the academic year. Uh, we are open Monday through Thursday, 10 to 5, and Fridays, 10 to 2. Find us on our website, gsc.uic.edu. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and we, you can also log on to our website and be part of our listserv. Stop by the center anytime during the academic year. And we look forward to engaging with all of you. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. This has been the Commuter Pulse Podcast. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Catch a new episode each week during the fall and spring semesters. Until then, commuters.